Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And we're, today we're going to be talking about Mission Impossible de Ed. <laughs> Raconin Parte Uno. Part, part, part Oni. Part Oni. <laughs> yes. I was just, uh, you know. Messing up just like, because Ken, you know, Ken just count us down, threw me off a bit. <laughs> so I was like, Tehe. Mission. Tehe Weekly Reel Podcast. Too many dumb and dumber references. But before we talk about Tom Cruise running a little bit more, someone's back. His name is Tom Cruise. I'm just kidding. No. Jacob is back here <laughs> on the podcast. Yes. Welcome back. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for having me back here on this wonderful podcast. Yes. Um, it was only natural. You did appear actually on a previous season on actually one of our other Mission Impossible episodes, um, our rewatch with Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. And most recently... Uh, earlier this season on episode 102 on High School Musical 3. Wow, that's yes. uh, two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> I, talk about it. It's I'm a cultured insane. guy. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know what? Permission these... Impossible, just watch High School Musical. I know. And each each franchise is right up your alley. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, so versatile, versatile our guest is, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cultured. <laughs> For sure. Okay, Jacob. Let's see how cultured you are. Just kidding. But, um, <laughs> you know, we might have you uh, back in the future pretty soon. Uh, so remember this. Uh, let's do the soup du jour. What's the soup du jour? Well, it's the soup of the day. And, mm, aka our ritual... <laughs> That sounds good. I think I'll have that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So our soup du jour is, uh, if you, well, or what's one notable movie or TV show you watched in the last week? Uh, who's going first? You want to go first, Ken? You want to order? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll uh, go. I'll go. I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> you got to do the high my, voice. My, 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 my voice has been cracking today. I'm like going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh for my notable I'll actually I'm I've been the TV guy but not necessarily this podcast season. I know I've been like geared more towards movies just because it's less of a time commitment. I've been just really busy with mm. a lot of different things. That being said, the TV guy just living up to my name, I guess. My notable TV show that I've recently started watching is a show on Apple TV Plus starring Black Superman himself, Idris Elba, Hijack. Um, it's currently going on right now. It's one of those weekly episodic shows. Uh, I looked it up on IMDb. I think there's only going to be seven episodes. And we're recording this on a Tuesday, July 18th. So tomorrow, episode five will air on apple tv plus i'm only one episode in um spoiler alert for hijack it's about a plane that gets <laughs> hijacked <laughs> okay what? i'm done i'm done gets, 
taken. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'm I'm actually enjoying it pretty. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's pretty good so far. Uh, episode one. I'm. It's got me to the point where, you know, like you know, Idris Elba's still good at what, what he does, and really, this is really the springboard, especially with our podcast season kind of wrapping up to me watching new things. Um, I think I've mentioned that uh, in the past where I just kind of get stuck uh, rewatching a lot of the old same stuff. And I feel like a a really short show right now. And especially one that's ongoing, it will be the catalyst that I need to start watching new shows. So hopefully this will be the first of many to watch over these next couple of months, especially during our, uh podcast hiatus mm. yeah nice i i hopefully i'll check that out because it sounds pretty interesting uh jacob what about you so as ken was talking i glanced over at my notes for a second and i realized that we both listed the same exact show yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that show is hijack with idris elba and is streaming on apple tv plus we're not sponsored uh, yet. <laughs> not yet Come but, on, you know, team Tim we'll send, Apple. We'll send this clip in. Tim Apple, <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like you said, tomorrow the fifth episode is airing. I didn't know there was only going to be seven, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of glad because I do like a little shorter show, you know. Mm-hmm. And Are you caught up? I am. I oh. am caught up. Okay. So No spoilers. <laughs> I can tell you that it is good. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, okay. it's good. It's a... Uh, Honestly, at first, I was kind of like iffy about it, mm. especially because I didn't know it was a show at first. And then only the first episode played. And I was like, huh? Because I thought it was a movie. I was like, how do you take a hijacking, a plane hijacking to the level of a show? But, you know, here they are doing it. And I have been pleasantly surprised by, you know, Idris Elba's good acting, great acting. And uh, just the story, the story itself, you can always admire a good story. So I think... Uh, because black good. Superman. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's British. <laughs> yes. British. Uh, well, yeah. for me, uh, you know, I like to talk about Superman Lois here on the podcast, but I have something a little bit different. Uh, I watched My Adventures with Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the new uh, cartoon with Superman. And it's like in the anime style, and it streams on Max. It's still not oh. sponsored. Mm. <laughs> wow, you're calling it Max, huh? I still refuse uh, no. to do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm we want to be. We want to be sponsored by the by Warner Brothers. Come on. <laughs> we love Max. Yeah, it's Max. Yeah, we're not over it yet. <laughs> I mean, we were over it. Yeah, we, now we love co- the content. We just don't love the name. Yeah, precisely. Well, Ken, if uh, they want to check us out besides our normal podcast, they can actually find us on TikTok, right? Yes, they can. Uh, so to follow us on TikTok, follow us at Weekly Real Pod. Uh, there we'll have uh, movie and TV review videos as well as other bonus content that we will post. Especially with our upcoming off season, I mean, I we're I mean we're recording this on July 18th again. 
the actors and the writers are on strike, and who knows how long this will last. And so uh, we may be, I don't know, revisiting a lot of different content and posting it on there if uh, there will be a shortage of movies. Who knows how long uh, the strikes will will last. By the way, we stand by the actors and the writers. Pay them. Do it. Them. Do it now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. And we also have an Instagram. Yes, you do. <clears throat> yes. So uh, our Instagram's at Weekly Real. That's where uh, a lot more of the main podcast content will be. We post uh, short clips in the form of re- uh, Instagram reels from our actual main podcast episode. So you get to see, uh, in addition to Jeremy and I, you get to see Jacob's face um, again. Yes. Woo. Yes, yes, with my fixed camera, it doesn't lag. So, <laughs> get yes. over to Instagram so you can see a good camera quality version of Jacob. Yes, yep, <laughs> in HD. Yes, HD. Uh, plus, we'll also have announcements as well as podcast links, uh, direct podcast links. So definitely follow us there at Weekly Real on Instagram. Yes, go find us there. All right. This is your spoiler warning for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Go watch it in theaters right now on the biggest screen that you could find because the action in this is worth it. See Tom Cruise flying through the air in the biggest screen possible and running, especially (laughs) that. But this week, Ethan Hunt is defending the world against his past foe and an AI that can destroy everything. In Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So, this is obviously Part 1. And so we're going to see more Tom Cruise running, and I'm all I'm all for that. Let's jump into the double feature. And, okay, my double feature is going to be a little bit of a... F- I don't know how hard it is going to be for Jacob. I feel like it's going to be a bit more challenging for Ken. But we all know the game Kiss, Mary Kill. Right? So I'm going to do a little Uh bit of a variation on that. (laughs) Where it's basically, you can keep it, you can delete it, or you can only watch it one more time. Okay. Alright, so, for the rest of your life. So, the three franchises I'm going to put on the board for this is going to (laughs) be... John Wick, Mission Impossible, or Jason Bourne? Oh my goodness. Okay, let me just make sure I copied this down correctly. I'm go- <laughs> since I'm going first. Yeah. So it's keep it, delete it, or watch it one more time. And uh, we're going with the John Wick franchise, Mission Impossible franchise, or the Jason Bourne franchise. Yep. When I And when I mean delete it... It's like it never existed. Mm, okay. Oh, it, so I, I will never be able to watch it or even think about it because it just never existed. Yeah, because it never existed. Okay. 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 And and we're doing this as of 2023. So we have four yeah. uh, John Wicks, four, four Jason Bournes. No, five Jason Bournes. That, yeah, technically, yeah. Technically, five Jason Bournes and seven Mission Impossibles. Okay. Let's get the easy one out of the way for me. I'm going to delete Jason Bourne. 
as much as I love the first three, especially Born Ultimatum, I think that's mm. probably one of my f- absolute favorite action movies of all time. Um, but the fact that important legacy i still haven't watched it (laughs) so that should already tell you um what i think of the i think that's the only movie that i haven't seen out of this whole franchise i've seen all seven of mission impossible all four john wicks oh but it takes place in the philippines yeah i know i still haven't (laughs) seen it but you know what i might do a tiktok video of it (laughs) yes we love you jeremy you might have to i know so we're deleting jason bourne now, okay. ooh, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is the tough one. As much as it pains me, as much as John Wick Chapter 4 is in the running for movie of the year for 2023, I think I'll have to have the John Wick series as watch it one more time. Despite mm. Mission Impossible 2 existing, I still would <laughs> rather keep it because of Tom Cruise's hair and all the running that we see and the slow motion in the doves of Mission Impossible oh, yeah. 2. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you got, I mean, we j- last week, Jeremy, we just talked about Rogue Nation and Fallout um, back to back and then now into Dead Reckoning Part one, I don't think this is recency bias. I feel like uh, Mission Impossible, s- the series, is the most versatile out of all the three. You get a little mm-hmm. bit of everything, whereas I feel like John Wick is a little bit more one note. Mm. It's more dry. I I still think there's still funny parts, but um, there's more content with Mission Impossible. So I'll keep Mission yeah. Impossible. Dang. Hmm. The more I think about it, it gets harder. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob. You try to like, what are the details? Yeah, yeah. seriously. Oh, uh, man. Okay. Jacob, do you think you can answer right. this? I think I can, and I think it's a little easier for me yeah. to answer it. Um, I'll start. I'll go the same way that Ken went. I'll start with the delete it, and I'll probably have to go with the Born series. Uh, mostly because I don't, I never really, or like I was a fan of the Jason Bourne series, but I never really got into it at like the level of, uh, what like say like John Wick or even uh, Mission Impossible. So I'd probably have to drop that one, even though, yes, Bourne Ultimatum is a very very good one. Yes, and that's I think that was the first Bourne movie that I actually watched, and then I went back and watched the first two, mm. and then I did watch Legacy. Mm-hmm. Only because Jeremy Renner was the main actor. <laughs> um, and, well, I'll just uh, let the audience form their own opinion about that one. Well, I was surprised about that one because I, th- I w- and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, mm-hmm. both of you, The Town came out before Born Legacy, it and did. I thought he was really good in The Town. So, yeah. for me personally, I'm surprised that I never got around to watching Born Legacy. I think people were just saying, oh, it's just all right. <laughs> I yeah. think that just at the time, I think I was unemployed, so I didn't. I was kind of watching my funds, so that's mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I can wait. And then I just never got around to it. Like how yeah, I especially yeah, go ahead. Especially it being you know part of the Born series, yeah. you like have a certain expectations for it, mm-hmm. and maybe like as a standalone movie, it would have been like a solid movie to watch, or like a you know maybe a, what do you call it. What do you call it? Just Were not you, part uh, of the universe? Or, yeah. yeah. Like a spinoff? 
Yeah, min- like a spinoff or yeah, I feel like a spinoff even it would be like okay, but like the fact that they said that it's like part of like the main canon of the storyline of the Born series, it was a uh, cuz it was the style was different too compared to, you know, the other Born series, so I can see why people did not like it. Dang it, now I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, see, like I think it's better the movie is better when you see it as a Hawkeye solo movie, origin movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah like, honestly. It's like, oh, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Wait, is Natasha in that movie? <laughs> and Natasha's and are, are mom they, is. Are they in Belfast? <laughs> oh, is she? <laughs> yeah. Um, crap. Not What's Belfast. her name? Rachel Budapest. Weiss. Sorry. Budapest. Yeah. Budapest. Oh, yeah. Budapest. Budapest. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So you did delete already. Jason right, Moore. right. So that was my delete. Um, so to watch one more time, I would also have to go with the John Wick series. Um, pretty much the same reasoning reasoning as Ken. Uh, like just the it, it is pretty like you know one sided. Like it's John Wick movie. You know what you're gonna get. You kind of know what to expect going through the movie. You're not really like you're really overwhelmed with the amount of action and it kind of can take away from the story at times. But I think with Mission Impossible, like Ken said again, there's just so much content there. Like you it's basically like a different style of movie from the first two to the third one to the fourth one and then like the last three so far. Yeah. So I think like you could if you kept all of those, you could you basically have like two series and a standalone. Until you get to Dead Reckoning and then, you know, with all the callbacks. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and Mission Impossible, honestly, if part two lives up to, you know, what I've been hearing and would expect after seeing part one, if it lives up to that standard, then I think this could be in the running for possibly the greatest cinematic series. Oh, that's high praise. (laughs) Better than Fast and (laughs) Furious? No. No, not better than Fast and Furious, though, because of one reason. Family. (laughs) I was waiting for it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we say dramatic pause. We say it enough on this podcast. (laughs) We're like, it's only it's only natural that we let Jacob do it. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. I'm gonna feel kind of bad. Okay, I'm gonna go delete John Wick. This is crazy because I love all the John Wick movies, but um, the story isn't like if I were to be making a movie myself, I envision myself making it more in the vein of Jason Bourne and Mission Impossible. <coughs> Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, the story, <laughs> I feel like with John Wick, like it's fine. Like, especially the first one, um, the action is arguably the best out of the three. Um, mm-hmm. but the story for the four movies, they're all high quality in terms of oxygen, uh, oxygen action. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't think it changed my view of like movies as much as like Jason Bourne did. I think growing up and seeing like the Jason Bourne movies 
for action. It's like, okay, this isn't just like a superhero. They're flying all over. There's actually some depth to like the characters and to the story. There's like layers and all that stuff. So that's why I would go actually Jason Bourne next for watch it one more time. And then mm. Mission Impossible for uh, keep it. Okay. I could see that just because I feel like, and again, this is just me ha- uh, just being in what now 109 episodes with Jeremy talking about movies. I feel like mm. he loves the uh, espionage spy genre. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could see him picking, I, I could see why he, you picked uh, Jason Bourne over John Wick. And I, and, and you know what? I don't even hate that. I I, I love the first three. Um, yeah, Born. If it, if if they would have kept the Born trilogy, oh, yeah. just the Born trilogy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have. I probably m- would have rethought that. I probably may have. It, it would have been much closer as far as it, me deleting it. I mm. Probably would have emulated what you just <laughs> said. I think it's a, it's the world building type of stuff. The John Wick stuff is a little bit more like fantastical in terms of like, mm-hmm. oh, everyone's a freaking assassin compared to <laughs> uh, Jason Bourne. It's very like under the radar type of of world. Right. Uh, yeah, I definitely understand you're uh, wanting to take out or sorry, because you deleted John Wick, right? I did. Yeah. So so wanting to take out that versus what we chose. Because, like, for me, I feel like also if I got into the Jason Bourne movies when I was, like, younger and, like, watched those more, then I think I would have done the same. But then, for me, I think that series was Mission Impossible. Yeah. So that's why it was kind of, it made it just, like, easier to kind of stack it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if... But yeah, I definitely get that. Mission Impossible has been basically going since we were born. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's insane. One random, real quick question. I'm kind of curious. Taking the first, just the exclusively, just the first three movies of each franchise. Oh, how bro. would you? How would your? How would your question change? Oh, I I would go. Um, shoot, I would probably go John Wick one, Identity, then Mission Impossible one. No, no, no. Mm. Uh, sorry. So, just doing the trilogy. Like, which one would you keep? delete or watch once so oh. like for me it would be oh, probably shoot. mission impossible i'd probably delete that the first three <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'd probably delete the uh, first three uh, i'd probably just watch john wick uh <laughs> the first three the first trilogy once and then i'd probably literally keep Ooh. the born trilogy the first three that's a tough one Kind of. So it kind of flipped. <laughs> yeah. So it's this but is John basically always one. in the middle. <laughs> but just taking just the first three movies of each franchise. So John right. Wick one, two, and three. Uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible's one, two, and three. Like, and, and then the what do you call it? Uh, Identity, Supremacy, and Ultimatum. Crap! I would go um, delete it. Probably go Mission Impossible <laughs> and then uh, watch one more time. Shoot, John Wick, I think. <laughs> and then then keep it. Uh, Jason Bourne. 
Okay, so we're in agreement there. How about you, Jacob? Let's see. Let's see. I think I like Mission Impossible Three a lot more than the general population. <laughs> it is but, good. <laughs> yeah, but because that was like the movie that I would watch, and then I mean, obviously, there's a time period between um, MI Three and Ghost Protocol, so like all you're watching is MI Three because for really, five years, I mean, <laughs> yeah, precisely. It's that JJ Abrams. <laughs> oh man. I think I would have to, even though MI3 is so good in my opinion, I would have to probably take out Mission Impossible, basically agree with you guys, watch John Wick at least that one time, and then uh, the Bourne series. Because the Bourne series, even though I don't have such a high opinion about it, I know that there's like a bunch of, like if I just rewatched it probably like four times through and just like really dove down to the details i'd just be amazed probably interesting it's funny how like trajectories kind of influence us because i feel mm-hmm. like mission impossible is still going up oh yeah born legacy ended up or uh the born franchise kind of went kind of downhill a little bit and then john wick seems to be on an upward trajectory too considering yeah. i think the fourth one i think is the best one arguably i guess I, th- I have to think about it. I need to watch it more. I don't know how slow it is in I when I, <laughs> if I rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, wait you you went you answered your own question. I did. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My half of the double feature. Um, similar in that you know I want you guys to pick the a top three, but with my top three, this is how I'll preface my half of the double feature. And I feel like, and I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel, or if you've actually observed this, I feel like the Mission Impossible franchise series has done a really good job in avoiding the whole damsel in distress mm. trope. Mm. Um, I feel like um, the, each of the female leads, if you uh, across all seven movies now, has been on equal footing with Ethan Hunt, which I appreciate just because, you know, thing. And I feel like just kind of looking back at some of the thing, uh, some of our previous movies, I will admit that sometimes we kind of gloss over the female lead. So for my half, half of the double feature, I wanted to focus on the female leads, both on the protagonist side and antagonist side. So mm. um, I want you guys to pick your top three out of this list. Okay, and feel free to write this down. Okay. So I'm going to start from the beginning. Claire, uh, played by Emmanuel Bear. Uh, uh, she was in the first Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. N- Naya, played by Tandy Newton in the second one. And then we got Julia, Michelle Monaghan, who's made a few appearances. Jane, played by Paula Patton. Ilsa Faust, obviously. Uh, played by Rebecca Ferguson. And then in this latest one, all three of these females, I, and I feel like they did a really good job in Dead Reckoning Part 1, Alana, uh, the White Widow, uh, Vanessa Kirby, and then we got Grace, Haley Atwell, and Paris, who we know as Mantis from The Guardians, <laughs> uh, played by Palm Clementif. That's why I was asking you, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's how you say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so out of that list, and if you could think of a one that I didn't even, uh, f- I guess, remember to bother to list, pick your top three out of all three of those female leads. 
Okay, Ooh. I'll go first, I guess. You know, I would have said Alana a little bit higher on the list, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't like her character as much in Dead Reckoning Part 1 as versus Fallout. Versus Fallout. There was mm-hmm. this one scene in there specifically when they're in her, I don't know, club or whatever with Gabriel, Tom Cruise is there. <laughs> Ethan, I mean, not just <laughs> regular <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> um and it just looked like she was about to cry the entire time. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I got like very different vibes from her from in this movie compared to the last. Um, in terms of those characters that you chose, I'm probably going to go number three would be Jane. Number two, Grace. Number one, Elsa. Ooh, okay. It's it's a bit hard because I felt like, you know, I, Grace's character took me by surprise in this movie for the fact that I didn't know they were going to spend that much time with her. Uh, <laughs> Same. I was like, holy crap, there's like, where's Tom Cruise? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I thought she held her own in terms of mm. like deceiving everyone or deceiving Ethan and... But it's not like not the same exact skill set as Ethan. Like kind of like Ilsa is closer to that. So is Jane. Um, so I I felt like that's what made Grace stand out a little bit more. But I still felt like Ilsa and I still felt like they should have ended up together. Honestly, because after the whole yes, Julia situation, <laughs> yes. After the whole Julia situation, I I don't see Ethan really falling for anybody else besides Ilsa. Well, that's too late now. So, yeah, yeah. like oh my god, this was so heartbreaking because I think we were kind of talking about it after we watched uh, watched it opening night in terms of how they were getting really intimate um, in terms of you know just. Not necessarily like straight up PDA, but you could tell that there was a closeness between the two of them when they were out in Venice. It was, it's, it seemed a little awkward, but it was more of like, a, okay, there's still that, you know, the boundaries because they work together. Um, but then they're like, oh, it's my first time in Venice. Yeah, it's my first time too. <laughs> and then, and then it, it, it transitions right into the, uh, gondola ride to get to, um, uh, Alana's party. And then fast forward to after Ilsa dies, and then it's basically the same framing the next day, and it's just Ethan. And I was like, "Oh my god, he's!" I feel for, oh, I man. feel so sad for him right now mm-hmm. because it was he was still on that same balcony. Uh, uh, I didn't even notice that. Uh, that's what I get for uh, watching it. You kind of pay attention to the details. Uh-huh. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, that's a good list, Jeremy. Um, Jacob, uh, would you like me to list all the characters or were you able to get all of them and pick a top three? I was able to get all of them. I did pick a top three and an honorable mention. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'll start with my honorable mention. I did put Paris, a.k.a. Mantis, yeah. as honorable mention. Yeah, that's good. She was so Because badass. I did, yeah, I, I loved her character, even though there was at one point in the movie she was making a little bit of some weird sounds like, or <laughs> grunting a lot just in a weird way i don't know but i think that she was a pretty cool character um so yeah i gave her honorable mention for that number three i have to go with grace because 
I did like her character in uh, Dead Reckoning, even though she kind of substituted Ilsa. <laughs> but um, and then there, were, I, it seemed like Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell had pretty good chemistry on screen, and so that kind of added to like that that feeling that you got between them two when they were, you know, whatever scenes they were together. Uh, number two, I'd have to go with Jane mm-hmm. from Ghost Protocol. I thought that she was. Um, She's very uh, pretty, and also very pretty. she has a very good skill set, which is like similar to Ethan's and stuff. But um, I feel like she had some good character development in uh, Ghost Protocol, even though it was kind of a one-off. But I, I liked her character. And then number one, which is kind of surprising to me, but probably also contributed to this, is that fact that she died in Dead Reckoning. Damn. But... Um, I chose Ilsa for number one because I actually didn't really like her character in Rogue Nation. What? I know that's a hot take. I think that's a very yeah. hot take. Well, not that I didn't like her character, but she wasn't like one of the people that stood out in that in that <gasps> movie for me. Like it was I felt like, like that a, was her best appearance, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because then I was gonna say then I started to like her in Fallout. Mm, I see in Fallout, and then, yeah, and then um, and then obviously in this movie. I mean, what can I say besides the fact that she dies? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's my list uh, for the female leads slash actresses in this movie series. <laughs> yeah, no, you I I agree with both of your lists. They're very good lists. I feel like uh, mm. just as long as y'all didn't have like Julie on it, <laughs> I <would agree> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Julia's top five, maybe top six. <laughs> you, you listen, maybe top seven. And, and there's top only seven. Like eight of, eight, eight of <laughs> She's top ten. There's only eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, to answer my question, I think, man, I, you know what? This is gonna. This may be a hot take. I'm gonna go honorable mention because you mentioned them. Uh, Julia. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it. No. <laughs> this is a hot take. Paula Patton, Jane, is just an honorable mention. Uh, no. I don't know. Maybe it's because we didn't see her enough. I, no, that's true. I, you know, like, I feel I like she that. was underutilized. She could have uh, easily mm-hmm. came back. She, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they could have done more with her character. She was a little bit one note. Obviously, I felt like they intimated that uh she had a thing with hanaway mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i felt like they took hanaway fr- from us i mean we're not talking about guys <laughs> in this in the <laughs> guys in this topic but um yeah i don't know i feel like that's kind of what knocks down jane a little bit so she's an honorable I mention see. number three i don't know what it is i kind of halfway disagree with you just because we still don't know what you know what her end game really is other than maybe just trying to further her family dynasty but i love alana there's just something about her essence i don't know mm-hmm. what it is but i have had a thing for vanessa kirby and uh, alana aka the white widows just uh i don't know she kind of always grabs my attention and she even did that in uh Hobbs and Shaw, too. I thought she was uh, oh, yeah. probably the brightest spot of that movie other than Jason Statham. I love Rock. 
too. You know, their their whole dynamic was good too. So, number two, surprisingly, and I this is where I guess I agree, I agree with you, Jeremy. It'll be Grace. Her chemistry with uh, with Ethan Hunt was really good, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I love the back and forth. I feel like Grace's chemistry with Ethan Hunt was what they were trying to do with uh, Julia in the third one. <laughs> if you looked at some of the That's parallels true, huh? between what they what each of them were kind of mm, going yeah, through, if you watch yeah. Mission Impossible three and, and then Dead Reckoning Part one, kind of back to back, you'll see some of the parallels and how much they did. Uh, that whole chemistry a whole lot better. You know what I'm um, realizing right now is Grace is pretty much Ethan Hunt's Catwoman, <laughs> like yeah. Batman and Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the same yeah. thing. I'm like, what the hell? Good call. Yeah, especially because like her skill set is different, but very very useful. Yeah, she's actually a combination. Just keeping it within the Mission Impossible uh, thing. She's a combination of Tandy Newton with the thief being mm-hmm. a thief, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, Michelle Monaghan. I didn't list. Um, oh my goodness, Anna, F- not Anna Ferris. That's uh, that's the actress, <laughs> but Agent <laughs> Ferris. <laughs> um, yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay Ferris. But I feel like she's a, a combination of Lindsay Ferris, Naya, and Julia. I can see that. You see that. Because I see her, I don't know if I see her as much as a romantic interest for Ethan, but more of like a under his wing type of thing, like Lindsay. Like Lindsay, exactly. Right. Exactly. And then number one, I think it's just undisputed, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa Faust. She just was amazing in all three appearances. I loved her in Rogue Nation, loved her in Fallout. And uh, I was heartbroken each of the three times that I watched <laughs> this movie. Um during that uh, scene in Venice, and you already knew with the dramatic uh, music oh, yeah. that was going to play that she was gonna, <laughs> she wasn't oh, gonna yeah. last, especially since they obviously foreshadowed it within the nightclub, and in terms of either Grace or her dying, and I was like, oh man, they just introduced Grace. There's no way they're killing her off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pull a hand away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it still hit. Um, it still really hit hard for me. So, yeah. Then actually, after hearing Ken list his, I did change my list because I, <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> I do agree that oh, what you said about Jane and we didn't really get a chance to see like that character progress, even though uh, we could have. So I did move her down one and then move Grace up to second. Um, pretty much for the same reasons that you mentioned. You basically convinced me, so. Good job. Mm. I mean, she did get revenge on James Bond's wife, Leia Sado. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah, she did. But Dude, she kicked that, her out. That, that, cost, that cost the team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We needed her alive, Jane. <laughs> Jane, we need her alive. Wait, what did he? What does he say there? <laughs> I don't know. Pretty Ethan's always screaming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? She made up for it when she. Uh, I don't know. She armbarred the 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 rich guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like broke his fingers. And actually, the last time I watched Ghost Protocol, I think there were like four times where Jane says, "Where's Ethan?" <laughs> when he's like out doing some weird stunt, some crazy stunt. Where's Ethan? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my favorite when uh, he's just hanging out outside the Burge. 
and <laughs> trying to get the, right before he breaks the thing and starts doing that weird thing that he does. Oh my goodness, I want to watch Ghost Protocol. He's like, again. Your line's a little short. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. See, they need to bring back some of these characters. Hopefully they show up in part two. Part two. I don't know, bring yeah, back fast Jeremy 10, Renner. Bring back everybody. Yeah, just Price everybody. X, sorry. Declan. Declan. <laughs> <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Billy Baird. Um, Heck, bring back... Uh, uh, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> oh, wow. Jean Reno. Holy crap. Anyway, uh, let's ask our audience, actually, the audience question. Uh, What is your top five Mission Impossible characters? So not just the female characters, not the male characters, but just your top five Mission Impossible characters. It could even be Declan if you want. Hopefully it's not, but (laughs) it probably won't be, so I'm not worried. But Ken, if they want to let us know, uh, they can actually email us if they want. Yes, they can. Uh, they could email us uh, something short or long-winded. We'll accept all uh, feedback. Uh, you can email us, email us at weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Yes, or you can comment on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and you'll get a shout-out if you want. All right, guys, let's mm. take a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break. Uh, guys, well, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, let's get right into the Weekly Reel Awards. And the first award that we're going to give out for Dead Reckoning Part 1, uh, sorry, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I still get thrown off by how long this movie title is. Uh, first award is the Does Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award for Best Action Sequence. <laughs> I, I was trying to say it like uh, <laughs> Chris Evans, but <laughs> couldn't do it. Jacob. Uh, what is your favorite action sequence? All right. Well, this being a Mission Impossible movie, uh, there's obviously a lot of action sequences. But I think that the one that I had to choose was the car chase in Rome. (laughs) (laughs) Because, (laughs) yeah, with the Fiat. Because, like, I mean, first they, what, tease you by... Making you think they're about to get in a super nice sports car. I don't remember what kind of car it was, though. Maybe uh-huh. like a Maserati or something. But then <laughs> the little Fiat next to it beeps. But I guess, didn't he say it was like enhanced or something? Mm-hmm. They like modded it. But I thought there were a lot of uh, good scenes there. Obviously, the car stunts and just getting, you know, a good Mission Impossible car chase scene in. Um there was a little bit of good comedic timing, especially with the handcuffs. And then, you know, when they rolled down the stairs, yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> Grace is driving the car. I, I thought that was that was pretty good because it's like something that is like what, but also like okay, that that just happened. <laughs> by but, the way, by uh, the way, the second time I watched it, and second and third time, you could actually mm-hmm. see when they actually switched. <laughs> You'll because really? you because you know it's coming, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's where they switched. Oh my god, that the attention to detail is so good. Yeah. No, but I agree. The I I can't believe that they even included the part there where they actually switched. But yeah, that's that that'll be my winner for that award. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Um, which scene 
is your favorite uh well is the best action sequence who who is winning your does anyone want to get out award i feel like the the fiat i'm gonna say the fiat scene again but i'm gonna say a different one besides that but i want to add to the fiat one where um grace is in the car or she steals the car or a car i forgot which car car it was yeah, the police car, and then Ethan like shows up, like, but we're following Grace's perspective, and for it's like how crazy Ethan is from a normal person's point of view. <laughs> it's like, dang, dude, Ethan's a beast. Like, all of a sudden, he just throws a freaking um, motorcycle at some guy and takes down another like two guys by himself. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, from a normal person's because we're always following Ethan, so it's like to see right. it from a different perspective. It's like, man. For some reason, like he's a beast. But the <laughs> the action sequence I wanted to highlight was the really tight alleyway versus Paris and unnamed henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> it was me actually. Yeah, it was <laughs> I thought like it was it's a cool setting. Some of the cuts were a little rough, but it was like it's so good. And that extended onto you know, he spares Paris which actually helps him later on um, mm-hmm. into, you know, dead reckonings, Tom Cruise run of the movie. <laughs> and I love that just because it's like the music was going insane, but it was like a different variation of like the mission impossible theme. And then uh, as Ilsa's fighting Gabriel, like, I don't know why she's freaking like lunging at him <laughs> with a long sword while he has a knife. But yeah, that that tension of Ethan just like running, like you know he's not gonna make it. But then you know Tom Cruise, he he just puts so much effort into his runs <laughs> <laughs> that you feel the how intense the scene is. So mm. those like the combination of all that stuff, it was very cinematic. Um, yeah, and it was very epic uh, with that background music that was playing uh, in the background, it added to the tension. Just like you said. One thing to add, I did see that um, the entity in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 had actually its own musical theme. Mm-hmm. Oh. And what they did for that was the they took the classic, dun, 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 you know, like, you know, the Mission Impossible, that kind of yeah. secondary theme, and they reversed it. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I read that in, uh, in the, I forgot where I read it in the article, but yeah, I did read that. So I thought that was interesting. Just a little uh, side note there. Yeah, because the last two movies, we've had like the syndicate theme playing underneath mm-hmm. the in Mission Impossible themes. So it's cool that right. I didn't know the that was the theme of the entity. Right. That's what you get here on the Weekly Real Podcast. <laughs> Nuggets. <laughs> Nuggets, <laughs> and if it's not, <laughs> then uh, ignore everything we just said. Yeah. We have a uh, insider information with all these big ticket movies, <laughs> and me and Tom, you know, we, we go way back. Yes. Well, for me, my winner for the "Does Anyone Want to Get Out of War" for best action sequence is the very end. I don't know if it's low hanging fruit, but it hasn't been mentioned yet. So I was like, okay, I'll mention it. Uh, the train, um, after they, uh, decouple the locomotive and 
I think the only thing that was really missing was Toby Maguire um, <laughs> with <laughs> just trying to um, make sure that the the rest of the train stopped. And obviously he wasn't there, so we got what we saw in Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, where we essentially got to see Ethan and Grace like literally just navigating each of the obstacles within each of the cars. Uh, I was so anxious. I, I'm very curious to see what my heart rate was during the first viewing of this mm-hmm. scene. Um, and like, I already kind of knew that they were going to survive it, but still it, it's just the way everything was filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, like that one slow motion shot where a, as soon as like one of the cars was uh, about to free fall a little bit and it just kind of like, had oh, both grace so and th- that was so freaking good that and then the piano scene and you think that everything was gonna go to shit and they were gonna fall and then just like what jeremy was talking about with uh with paris saving the day and she survives right because the cops know, she, there was a pulse yeah there was ah, a pulse she's coming back she could come back yeah <laughs> yeah because uh yeah, there is a pulse. I caught that. The third IMFB piece. squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, she's going to join Grace's team. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, lo- I love that scene for obvious reasons. Uh, just the way it was filmed. It, it kind of, it, it just, it felt claustrophobic um, because mm-hmm. you're in this very enclosed space and the, the angles and everything that was going on was just so good. It's very reminiscent to the video game Uncharted 2. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that, I was like, "Man, Uncharted, the actual Uncharted movie should have had something like this." Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like it, this is more Uncharted than Uncharted the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, let's get to the next award, the Language Award for Best Holy Shit Moment. Jacob, hmm. what is your winner? Well, uh, I'm going to have to go. There's, I think there's a pretty obvious <laughs> w- generalized winner for this movie. But um, being the m- movie connoisseur that I am and that <laughs> you guys are, I'm going to have to skip over that one because... Just, just say both. Yeah, just oh, say that's both. true. That's true. Okay. All right. So that one <laughs> obviously will end up being the moment that Tom Cruise drives his motorcycle off a cliff in... where? What country were they in at that well, they were in the Point. Austrian Alps. The Austrian Alps, yes. And Austria. Side notes for any viewers out there. Tom Cruise did that jump like nine times because he wanted to make sure that they got the right shots that they needed to really portray what that jump was like. On day one. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's insane. They were How do you so even nervous. save the bike? No, I, I think they just went through nine bikes at <laughs> okay. that point. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> right? But yeah, they made that jump nine times and it was cool to, you know, after seeing and reading about what went into making that a stunt of that magnitude with an actor doing the stunt himself and just making that possible. It was cool to see it on screen for the first time. But uh, and then also there's a point right when he goes off the cliff where the music kind of just cuts out and it's really quiet. And I heard the audience just go, whoa. Like, just like astonished with, I mean, jumping off of a cliff of that height and really just with a parachute. There's so much that could go wrong, obviously, but just really the the exhilarating feeling of 
trying to embody or put yourself into his position to see what that would feel like. And watching it in IMAX, and then when they cued the wind effects to come in, it was just really felt like I was listening or I was doing the jump myself. But I would never be able to do that. <laughs> what? Let's go. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> right, let's, let's go right now. I got a few motorcycles we could use. <laughs> I think the scariest thing is that he's jumping so close to the cliff. Like, yeah. what, like mm-hmm. any wrong wind movement is going to yeah, like propel him back into that cliff. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I felt I felt that just because uh, in the during the off season in between season five and season six, I actually went skydiving and seeing his Ooh. cheeks kind of doing that whole thing. It <laughs> reminded me of my free, free fall from we went from eighteen thousand to six thousand feet. Dang, Tom Cruise in the house. <laughs> Uh, definitely That's not crazy. because there was a random dude behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Tandem partner. Yeah, yeah. Been fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to my actual chosen moments in the uh, for the language award, when that I just completely didn't expect, and so I was really just like super surprised when it happened, uh, was when the entity hacked into Benji and Ethan's comms. Oh. Oh, and then yeah. that was one that was listed. <laughs> yes i'm glad you mentioned that's nice one. nice yes because when that started happening obviously that if i'm not correct that's building up to where ilsa dies right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that basically leads him to not making it there in time so you kind of know what's happening especially mm-hmm. with like you said the foreshadowing that comes before that and then you're just like no 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 and then you know it turns out you find out um who, that it's actually the entity because like the voice kind of switches to like Gabriel's voice, and then uh, at that point Ethan realizes it, and then he's trapped. Just with going exactly yeah. unnamed henchman. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, with that part where um, Benji and Luther realizes like Ethan, it's mm-hmm. not me. I'm like, oh yeah. no. I'm like, no. I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, they they. Uh, they threw the breadcrumbs. They were like, oh, this this seems familiar to all the MI <laughs> viewers from Mission Impossible 3 and uh, Mission Impossible Fallout with Benji trying to guide them where to run and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they just literally took that and just put it. They just, mm-hmm. I don't know. They just made it all sad. Because the entity being like a AI, that's like something that definitely could happen. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's something that is utilized as much as it could be like in ai type villainous movies mm. yeah. i'm glad you mentioned that one that was on because, my notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice nice and then one more thing yeah. um because like the basically the whole the whole reason that the entity kind of uh threatens the the free world is that it's threatening to kind of misguide information or throw out faulty information to kind of create chaos and incite chaos and so I feel like that was kind of a, a first-person experience for what that could be like in a life-or-death situation. Oh, yeah. Good point. I mean, just because... I mean, this is on a much smaller scale. Can you imagine what they would do on a much larger scale? Global? Yeah, uh, exactly. Global Terminators. Leaders. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> Terminators. Ethan Hunt da, 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 da. is the new Terminator. <laughs> no. He's a new Reese. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say he's uh, he's Sarah Connor. <laughs> oh. oh man! All right, uh, Jeremy. Uh, which which is your favorite 
best holy shit moment. I was almost going to say the train falling, but since we mentioned that already, I'm going to say the very beginning with the, I forgot, how do you, how do you say it? The, the submarine and where they were. Um, but, oh, oh, Sevastopol. Sevastopol. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sevastopol. And so I love, like, it's, it was such a different cold opening for Mission Impossible because you don't, you're not with any of the IMF. You're not with, it's basically, it feels like a different movie. <laughs> essentially it's like am i in the right movie but all these npcs <laughs> yeah exactly i was like okay where is this leading to what are we and the promotion for this movie i love how they did not reveal the entity at all because it's mm-hmm. like you kind of guess okay maybe there's gabriel we saw um his character in the trailers but we didn't know any of his connection so when you start to realize when that uh, torpedo starts coming, their own torpedo starts to come back at them because it was hacked by the entity. It's like, holy shit, pretty much. It's like, because <laughs> yeah. you kind of didn't know. Like, I love how everything was a secret in this movie. How it's like, okay, they're, they're trying to steal whatever weapon. I thought I thought the entity was a bomb at first. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, preview for Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was actually just like an AI thing. So, I don't like. Do you guys know why specifically it wants to be trapped there in that location, or it's just because it's so hard to reach? It's just because it's so hard to reach because the key actually accesses their us uh, the source code of the entity, and that's where you can kind of go get back to controlling it. And obviously, mm-hmm. the entity became self aware. Where have we heard that before? And uh. <laughs> doesn't they don't want the entity doesn't want to be controlled essentially yeah damn right that was good it was it was crazy that was that was was a really good scene doesn't have any doesn't even have ethan yeah Yeah. and then like to the point of um like what you were saying about how we didn't really know what the main villain like was in this movie I'm not sure if they did in that first scene, but did they ever reveal in that first scene what the entity was? They didn't, right? Like no, they, they they alluded to it being a, a self-learning like Oh, right, AI. right, right. Yeah, they did. Okay. Okay. And oh, apparently yeah. in that scene they do say the words dead reckoning. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I think that's okay. the location, I think. I I, I okay. haven't gotten a chance to look it up, but I feel like that's where uh where they are. Because, I mean, they're in the middle of the Ar- Arctic. <laughs> yeah, I right. think it was like a submarine term or something like that. Yeah, I heard, I, I think I saw where it was like something about like a trajectory, like basically mm-hmm. trying to line something up to collide with something coming. Mm-hmm. So like how a torpedo works is is how it was used or how it is for that uh, term. Mm-hmm. But I guess they don't use it anymore because mm-hmm. we don't need to calculate that because we have GPS. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um well J- uh Jacob actually took my the my understated one, so I'm glad you did. Uh nice. I will I still have another honorable mention for the language award for best holy shit moment and only because um it was more of a jump scare. I uh, I think 
you kind of touched on it, Jeremy. It was when Grace gets into that car crash. I was like, holy shit, that caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The sound design and the fact that we were in IMAX, so, like, literally probably popped my eardrums a little bit, <laughs> caught me off guard. Definitely said, holy shit, uh, from that <laughs> jump, sc- jump scare. And and for my winner, basically, just on- along that same vein, I guess, for the language award... Even though it was kind of telegraphed because they kept lingering on this random NPC in the beginning, even though, like, you know, we get all the heads of state, I guess, uh, for the, the U.S. And I I, I caught the, the Easter egg that you're talking about in that one scene where yeah. <laughs> we get, uh, what was her? Angela Bassett. Angela- I forget her uh, her character name. Yeah, I forgot. But yeah, the former CIA director, her yeah, picture's pic- on the wall. Her picture's on the wall. <laughs> I was like, uh- yeah. I didn't catch that the first time, and I only caught it because Jeremy mentioned it on the side. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, that scene where Ethan obviously just plays some random guy, and then obviously he wanted to get Kittredge kind of alone, just so that, you know, obviously they could debrief. But I feel like an underrated performance was Kittredge, because after that big holy shit like explosion and the fact that it again just kind of scared the shit out of me mm-hmm. um we get some really good choice dialogue and i feel like whoever plays kittredge i forget his actor's name he's got a pretty good narrator voice because it kind of bookends because you know they use that audio for the the teaser trailer mm-hmm. and they end dead reckoning part 1 with him narrating. I feel like that's how they're going to start part two. Um, because they've kind of, you know, set like, you know, they have the game board kind of set in a way where it sets up the plot for game or for part two, I guess. But mm-hmm. Kittredge is back in a very big way. I mean, yeah. six movies later. <laughs> it's so strange <laughs> how he took that hiatus. Uh, quick question, just because I've only seen it the one time. Kittredge isn't necessarily a bad guy, right? It's like, because at the mm-hmm. end, you know, he was trying to buy the keys for the entity. He's, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's essentially just trying to take it for the U.S. government, right? And yes. Ethan wants to destroy it. He's yes. not a bad guy, just an antagonist. Yes. Similar to right. uh, Spider-Man 2099 okay. in Across the Spider-Verse. I see. He has his reasons. Okay. So, I mean, they're just not really aligned. But, again, Ethan still trusts him enough where it's like, okay, well, you can't get uh, Grace out of the uh, the end, at the train or whatever. So, mention to Kittredge that, you know, the choice and mm-hmm. that she chooses to accept. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. Just got to so, clarify. I was yeah, like, yeah. is Grace freaking joining like a traitor's team? I thought um, I thought he was like Billy Crudup's character for a second. <laughs> Again, it's just uh, there's nuances, and, and I think okay. that's the reason why I love this movie uh, because there's it's not everything's just black and white, mm-hmm. right? Because we get uh, Shay Wiggum and uh, the uh, was it? I think I looked up the the other guy's name. His name was Dagos, and mm-hmm. I thought I thought they were both pretty good. They're underrated. In I did. I did too. I definitely did too. The the fact I that like he kept banter. Like, t- touching that like <laughs> yeah. everyone's face, putting it in their mouth. <laughs> like, Damn, <laughs> <babe."> 
<laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, let's get into the next award, the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. Jacob, first dibs, which is your favorite? Uh, all right, so it's kind of like a favorite arc. <laughs> Because oh, right, okay, okay. I would say uh, the train arc, because I feel like it wasn't really just one scene. There was like so much that went into that. But um, some things I highlighted from that those sequence of scenes was uh, Grace starting her real, like, quote unquote, real IMF work and mm. actually being like, you know, directly involved with the mission. Mm. Um, another thing was that I did put was Briggs and Degas's banter like just their relationship the two characters themselves i feel like they were a little bit overlooked in the movie just because of how much was going on and so i just wanted to point them out because i think they added like a little uh another layer to the movie that typically you wouldn't see if like they were not there Mm. um obviously you have ethan just you know doing what ethan does he like flies through the side of the train, like perfect timing, literally. That was another <laughs> holy shit moment. How did he yeah, not yeah. die or get stabbed <laughs> by any like fragments? I don't know. I know, right? Because he's eating. I don't know. Yeah. He perfectly did. He perfectly go through the window, or did he make a giant hole in the side of the train? I think all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He beat Superman, just... so he gained his powers. He uh, Ethan Hunt's a vampire. That's true. That's true. Uh, and then obviously. Um, finishing off that scene with the falling train cars, um, that being like obviously a big part where they build up suspense and throw in a little bit of action there, and uh, you know with uh, Paris right saving Ethan and Grace from their death, and then like you said that one scene where that last train does fall, that car does fall, and then they're just standing there like, oh, oh. <laughs> good. <laughs> Um, but then I did have a like a one nitpick about that scene was mm-hmm. just them trying to stop the train. Like there's so many ways that they could have stopped the train. Um, besides going to the front, checking the brakes, like they tried to do by earth, but like they did do by disconnecting the cars. I feel like they could have done that sooner and not run into that problem. But obviously that wouldn't have made a very good final scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I'm going to have to go with the trains, train scenes. Or my favorite scene. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, actually, going back to the first thing that you mentioned with uh, Grace, mm-hmm. basically uh, as a part of her first IMF mission, did you right. guys? I wait. How many times have you watched it, Jacob? Just the one time. Just the one time. Okay. Did both of you um, notice that when uh, Grace was actually playing Alana? that their eyes were very different in terms of their color. So oh. Alana, White Widow, and something to look out for the next time you do watch this movie, she has very bright blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, they, it's telegraphed by what, what she's wearing also. Mm-hmm. But when you see Grace playing Alana, she got br- brown eyes. Just Dang. something to look out for. <laughs> Yeah, I actually saw something about that, but I didn't notice it until I, it was pointed out. Mm-hmm. But while we were in the movie, that one time that I watched it, it did like when it was just, you know, showing her face and she was talking to uh, Zola. Yeah. I was like, there's just something off, but I can't like tell exactly what it is. But there's just something that you could just tell this is not the real Alana. But yeah, yeah I thought that that was, that was a, a pretty good detail that I thought they put in there. 
Yeah, Vanessa Kirby's uh, acting in that scene, playing Grace, was really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy yeah. crap, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. The the fact that she was like, oh, <laughs> you yeah. have, and you haven't changed <laughs> one bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That it's so funny because in my head I was thinking, wow, Grace is doing a really good job acting like uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're immer- totally immersed. Yeah. That's a young It's the kid. IMAX, man. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, um, your turn. Avengers Assemble Award, favorite scene. Which one's your favorite? Yeah, what I'm starting to notice with these Mission Impossible movies, there's just like one long scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, holy crap. Just like you said with the train. So... I'm gonna go with the airport scenes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, so so I thought good. no one was gonna mention. <laughs> yeah, right. dude, that that's my favorite of the entire movie because of how it's written. You got so many things going on, so many parties involved. You got the the cops. You've got um, obviously introducing Grace. Yeah, Ran- yeah. random aside. Sorry, I don't yeah. need to cut you off. When they when they caught on after the second time, they he, like try to like they thought it was Ethan. When they broke up into two man teams, did, did, was I the only one that thought of Captain America and the Winter Soldier yeah. in in the in the mall? <laughs> yeah, holy crap, dude! I was like, yeah, it's Captain America, especially with and, Haley Atwell. Yeah, but Peggy you know, Ruby. We get the connections. Anyway, go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I think one of my, f- the two favorite things, uh, I guess, storylines in that sequence is probably like the introduction of Grace and kind of like the the up close magic stuff with mm-hmm. uh, Ethan and Grace. I was like, ah, oh, it's like freaking Mission Impossible 1. <laughs> I like that callback. Um, and then Benji with the bomb. Mm-hmm. With the the riddles, I was like, "Is this Batman? <laughs> what's what's the Riddler doing here?" And I love how Luther, on top of everything going on, he's like, "Ethan, we need help." He's <laughs> like, "How much time do you have left? Thirty seconds." <laughs> so good. It's like, why didn't you tell me Sorry. earlier? We didn't want to bother you. <laughs> A nuclear bomb is something that you want to bother me about. <laughs> That was so good. So funny, too, because they were like, nah, nah, we don't need to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got it, we got it. And then all of a sudden, 30 seconds left. <laughs> uh, one thing I did see, though, was uh, someone pointed out uh, or asked the question, do you think that those riddle questions will come into play in part two? Ooh, I feel I want more, more of those. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, I don't think Benji will get it again. Maybe mm-hmm. Ethan will get it. I hope he does. Yeah. I see, I see. Oh, man. No, that I'm glad you really mentioned that because I'm surprised he didn't actually end that scene with total, like, oh, my God, just uh, fan service, another Tom Cruise run, just literally him <laughs> running on the roof of the Abu Dhabi airport. Yeah. Just- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... He's got to be around here somewhere. That one <laughs> in the background, <laughs> you can see a silhouette running in the uh, on the roof. I was like, "Oh my god, I, it's so good!" But I feel like uh, just to add to your scene because it was one of my favorite scenes too. If you weren't gonna mention, I was going to. One of the things that I did like another callback, uh, kind of more of a a little bit more of a stretch. But remember from the first one that. F- first main actual mission goes to shit they have to abort yeah. and the fact that they have to abort again 
um, in the airport, and then they have to kind of go their separate ways. I like it when just things don't go as planned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And dude, it was ah, was that that airport scene was so good, just because so much happens. They established Grace and Ethan's chemistry so well and so Mm -hmm. quickly, and uh, I don't know. I everyone did their thing. Yeah, because they showed off the skills of like the tech guys where they replace uh, Ethan's face on other people. So yeah. that that kind of like plays into like, okay, these guys are really good, mm-hmm. but the entity later on will like one up them. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. With the whole uh, disappearing act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you guys um, mentioned a couple of those scenes. I was thinking about mentioning the chasing, but, you know, Jacob already mentioned it. Really, I'm got. I'm surprised that my first favorite scene wasn't taken. The Ilsa death scene, just because <sighs> of how um, emotional that was. Again, you get the Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom yeah, Cruise. that's why. That's probably why it's more not the Ilsa death. It's Tom Cruise running <laughs> to Ilsa. I think you have to be more specific. <laughs> Oh, leading up to Ilsa's death. Oh my god! <laughs> but you know what? Kind of going back, and then they're still in the party. I and they showed it in the teaser. I still an underrated little scene was when Tom Cruise just jumps from the ledge, like he just sees everything kind of going to shit, and he's like just timing it perfectly. And he just just bails, and then that just mm-hmm. sets off the whole chase with him going after Grace. Um, what do you call it? And you get Benji trying to guide him like what we've been trained to and have been accustomed to. And then like Jacob mentioned earlier, the entity um, just taken over and then we get stuck in, you know, he has, he's just stuck in a handicap match in that little cage. And then um, we were talking offline, Jeremy, uh, and I don't want to steal your thunder. I kind of want you to mention it because you were the first one to mention it. But when they were in that, that, fight scene that you love what were you telling me offline while Jer- <laughs> while jacob was uh like uh i guess going to the bathroom wait oh, crap wait, which uh which fight scene with pa- paris and um not oh NPC. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we were, we were talking about because i was you know uh paris is played by palm clementif and she plays mantis in you know the avengers movies guardians and stuff so remember <laughs> and in this close-up fight, a fight with Ethan, she like gets on top of him, and it's like literally has her legs wrapped around his head. It's basically like Thanos in Infinity War, <laughs> and you know she's like sleeve, <laughs> and I was like, oh, she should do it again with Ethan, and but have like the same lines as Mantis. It's like I can't hold him much longer. He's so strong. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm just imagining Tom Cruise now. It's like Thanos is like, oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I just, uh, Ethan Hunt is stronger than Thanos. <laughs> that's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say, man. Imagine Ethan Hunt with the Infinity Stones. Unstoppable. Oh, man. He's like faster than the speed of light. <laughs> but he'll still do this. Yeah. <laughs> as he's teleporting. <laughs> He'll run through that. Like, imagine his reality stone. It's like how many freaking Tom Cruises will be running. That's my reality. <laughs> oh, That's what I would do with, with the reality stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But yeah, um, everything involved in the Ilsa scene. Um, I mean, we knew it was telegraphed, but the the music gets there. the The running just gets me, and I I watched it three times, and I get emotional every time uh, because Ilsa is such a really good character. So it was a, I thought a really good send off for that character. Um, and now she could do Silo. It's another show that mm. I want to watch on Apple TV. Same. It's still not sponsored. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's move on to some competition. Guest Rotten Tomato score, where for season six, we only have two movies left. So we are literally at the home stretch for the season six title. Current score is I actually have a slim lead over Jeremy, but Jeremy can still overtake me to retain his title. I'm up 27. Jeremy's got 24. And the guests, they put a scare into us. They're at 19. They can now still play spoiler. Jacob for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. What is your tomato meter guess? So... My tomato meter guess for this seventh installment of the Mission Impossible uh, franchise is a whopping, very, very fresh 92%. 92%. All right, Jeremy. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't Um, like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that. All right, what is your um, guess for Dead Reckoning Part 1? I'm going 97%. Oh, jeez. Same as I, my guess is Fallout, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Damn it. Why do we have to think about the same thing? Because I remember Fallout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also guessed 97%. No. Oh, my goodness. That actually works out for me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> maintain my... <laughs> Woo. Damn right, it. Let's, let's see who gets the full three points, uh. though. Yeah, watch it. Guess, guess, guess. Let's see. Dead Reckoning Part 1. And so we got... um, All right. Rotten Tomatoes has 354 reviews. And we got a tomato meter of 96%. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's crazy. Damn. Sorry, Jeremy. (laughs) Damn, man. That's crazy to go out on tie. So anticlimactic. (laughs) Very anticlimactic. But we both finish in first. So we each get the three points. And actually, Jeremy, because we got the three points, the guests have 19 you can still win the title because remember we have that rule where as if there is a tie, <laughs> the tie, uh, well the champ is still the champ because you got to actually beat the champ. Uh, oh the my champ. God. So oh, next shoot. week for our finale, Jeremy, you have to be in first, and I have to somehow get last. Damn, Oppenheimer, <laughs> okay. for you to retain okay. the title. <laughs> So it's coming down again to the final. It's nice to put episode. a little pressure on the guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the guests actually have to at least get, or they can only get second place for you to win. They can't beat you. Yeah. So they have to do well, but not too well. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guests. Come on, guests. Guess, 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 guess. Yeah, I know. So again, to recap, I have 30. 
Jeremy has 27. The guests have 19. They're playing spoiler for the season six title, which will be decided next week on the finale four. And we'll go ahead and figure that out a little bit later. <laughs> the yeah. teaser. All right, guys, let's um, give out our final award of the evening. The I Love You 3000 award, uh, where we will rate Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 on a scale of 1 to 3000. Jacob, uh, actually, mm. before we do that, also, after you give your rating, give your full ranking, because we haven't heard yours yet. Jeremy and I gave okay. ours last week on our rewatch. So plug in, after you give your rating, where what your seven Mission Impossibles look like in terms of ratings. Okay. Alrighty. So for my rating for this movie, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, I gave it a 2730 out of 3000. That brings it to 91%. Ooh, that was and... low. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Low. Just kidding. <laughs> I know, right? Especially for uh, Mission Impossible. But um, basically, honestly, I think it'll change once I watch the movie, uh, maybe one or two more times just to, you know, iron out some things that maybe I didn't catch in my first viewing. And uh, also just to remember that this is kind of a, a part one movie and not its own movie. So one thing I am interested to see in uh, part two is how the entity, how that whole AI villain plays out. Uh, because from what it seems like in this movie, it, it seems like we're going to see some things that, Maybe you don't traditionally see with an AI villain. So I'm kind of excited for that. Um, but as of my ranking for the seven movies, I have, I'll start with my last one uh, because once we get to those top like five movies, they're kind of, they're pretty closely uh, rated. But obviously, my last one is going to be Mission Impossible 2. Had a little bit uh, too much of uh, slow motion and. Tom Cruise's hair flowing. Just kidding. That's what made it. Uh, the the <laughs> that's what made it, it good. Was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then uh, number six, I have the first Mission Impossible. Then number five, I have Mission Impossible three. And then no way. between basically yeah, but basically between MI three and then my top movie, it's pretty close. Um, after MI three, going to number four, Ghost Protocol. Going to number three, Rogue Nation. Going nice. to number two, Dead Reckoning Part One. And then to number one, Mission Impossible Fallout. Which I just like a few notes as to why I put that one on top. I enjoyed it. I feel like a, maybe a little more than Dead Reckoning Part One, but maybe because I've seen it more. Um, I thought that pacing was a little better in Fallout, uh, just in terms of, you know, the story itself. And uh, even though we did have that crazy stunt in Dead Reckoning, Fallout, I feel like had some just all together, all throughout the movie, some great action sequences. Mm. Damn. Looks yeah. very similar to Jeremy <laughs> and I's, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good to all right, Jeremy. I love you 3000, Ward. Um, how are you rating Dead Reckoning Part 1? And go ahead and plug that into last week's ranking. Yes, okay, so I'm giving a, a 2760 out of 3,000, 
So it's a little bit higher than Jacob's, but you know, it's about the same thing. Um, to plug it in, I am putting it at number two. Which it's pretty much very similar to Jacob. And my reasoning is like the, like, I feel like Fallout is like that undisputed Mission Impossible movie because mm-hmm. of all the stuff Jacob mentioned and like the pacing is so much. I feel like part two of Dead Reckoning could be the new Fallout yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel like Fallout took the goodwill of Rogue Nation, like the setup there made Fallout really right, good. So I'm right. expecting like the new Fallout <laughs> in part two. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Dead Reckoning part one did a lot of the heavy exposition to try to establish mm-hmm. this new threat. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot right. of exposition, which added to the runtime. And I could see how Dead Reckoning Part 2 could just be nothing but highlights, just like literally nothing <laughs> but action and just crazy-ass stunts. But um, just... Uh, wait, so you have that at second. So yeah. it now dethroned uh, Ghost Protocol, right? Yeah, I was I was still contemplating with, between Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, but I think for me, like that's the funner movie. So yeah, Ghost mm. Protocol is no longer at number two; it's number okay. three now. So if I remember correctly, you have MI two, then um, the first Mission, mission. Uh, Impossible, MI three, mm-hmm. then you have Rogue Nation, then Ghost Protocol, uh, and then Dead Reckoning Part One, yep. then Fallout. Yep, from seven to one. That is very close to Jacob's. Very close. Very, very close. Uh, mine is another co- random combination of yours uh, and Jacob's. Am I two seventh? Uh, the first? Oh, no. Sorry. I have MI3. Sorry. It's <gasps> six. Yeah. And then I have the original <laughs> MI at five. Then I have MI Ghost Protocol. Like Jacob at number four. Number three, I have uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Ah. Number two, I actually have it much higher because I'm rating Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 at 2880, 96% Mm. because I have seen it three times. Mm. Okay, okay. This is going to sound... I don't know if it'll. It sounds right. Okay, so for me, going back to Fallout, I didn't enjoy Fallout as much because I was so so much anxiety ridden. <laughs> I felt the same way after the first viewing of Dead Reckoning Part One. I see that the subsequent rewatches will make you appreciate Dead Reckoning Part One, and that two forty three runtime goes by much quicker. This like okay. it, with each um, subsequent rewatch, it went fast for me the first time. <laughs> I was yeah. like so tense. It's much quicker mm-hmm. now, especially now that you know what your uh, thing, and then you catch a lot, a lot of different things. So, right. I have Dead Reckoning Part One almost at the top spot. It's closer, I think. It's not undisputed. It's like a ma- like oh, it's mm. a majority decision, but Fallout still the champ. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. Ooh, so good. Anyway, Jeremy, we have one more movie like we alluded to in the guest rotten tomatoes competition uh jeremy so do you want to preview which explosive movie we'll be covering for the season <laughs> six finale <laughs> all right here we go 
Well, I'm a Nolan boy in a Nolan world. (laughs) Time is magic. It's bombastic. You can change my dreams. Timelines everywhere. Inception. Time is your creation. Come on, Nolan. Let's go party. This oh is my goodness. the undisputed best preview we've ever had. <laughs> I haven't even let him finish it, but go ahead and finish it off. Oh, crap. I will. That was it. I, I did like the main, the main verse. Oh, I know. But you got what are we what are we covering? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're watching. Opp- <laughs> we're watching Oppenheimer. We're not. Uh, you know, we're watching the greatest movie of all time. Soon to be. I thought it was Just kidding. Oh, yeah. People are going to think it's yeah, a Barbenheimer watching- episode. Yeah, it should be. But yeah, we're watching Oppenheimer, not Barbie. We're, I mean, we'll watch Barbie, but we're not covering we're Barbie next week. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> but yes, uh, by the time this episode does uh, come out, uh, Oppenheimer will be out in theaters. Go see it in IMAX because that's what it was made for. Uh, oh my god, I can't I can't top that. I was trying to think of <laughs> something else. Like, nope, I can't. That's like that yeah, first Jeremy line. dropped Jeremy dropped the mic and I, I knew where you're going with the right because obviously we just recently watched The Flash too, so there was like a little bit of a teaser mm-hmm. with a random ass like I Barbie know, reference. Barbie reference. So like, oh my god. That's so good though. All right, guys. Um <laughs> Let's wind, let's wind down this episode. Jacob, um, do you have anything to plug um, between now and then? Because it looks like <clears throat> we have a special guest next week for Oppenheimer. Oh, oh we get a oh. we get a double feature with Jacob. Oh. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. Well, between now and next week, I do have a lot to plug. Just kidding. Uh, pretty much just the same things as the usual. I got my Instagram and Twitter, all socials at Fishoj. Um, be on the lookout for some good content that I post. Not often. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like us. <laughs> yeah. Mine is the good part. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, just JP underscore flicks on Instagram. Yes, and for me, uh, Instagram, uh, I'm rarely on Twitter, but Instagram threads, part of the metaverse, at A, and each of our handles will be in the episode notes, you know, the spelling and whatnot. So, uh, guys, final thoughts um, for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. What you got? Man, I was surprised... I'm glad in a way that there was no cliffhanger, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted it to like a similar ending, like infinity war. That was my guess. Mm. But I remember reading like an article saying that Tom Cruise wanted it to feel still like its own movie, which in a way it still leaves you like satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember people being like, Oh, what? We won't see the next part until like next year. Like, you know, Infinity War or um, uh, what's it? Across the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was uh, definitely a cliffhanger. Yeah, um, I feel like they set up uh, a lot of stuff for the next movie and left it open ended. 
while also like finishing off like whatever main storylines that they wanted to complete during this setup movie. So I thought it was a, a good, a good little uh, standalone prequel. Yeah, <laughs> to part two. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a random thing. I have a couple of just random just stuff that I observed again, multiple viewings. At the end, when uh, Gabriel realizes that he doesn't have the key, when he goes, Ethan! <laughs> like, dying. <laughs> it was so over, over the top. And uh, it was weird. It just felt like his um, his audio wasn't synced with his mouth. Uh, I don't know, something to look out for. Another random Easter egg. <laughs> hmm. uh, another random thought and thing that I noticed was, uh, back in that one scene, I forgot to mention it uh, when I mentioned it earlier in the podcast when Ethan has, well, knocks out all, every important person in the U.S. but leaves Kittredge uh, so that he can actually have that w- conversation. When Kittredge says, I know you're upset. And I was w- expecting Ethan to say, you've never seen me upset or w- whatever he says in the first Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was so good. Like in terms of like the Mission Impossible original callbacks, uh, Jeremy and I were talking on our break offline about how um, there was a lot of Mission Impossible one callbacks. Mm-hmm. We got the Dutch angles. We mm-hmm. got the end with the train so they're on the top so i was expect halfway expecting jean reynaud to appear uh with a with a helicopter mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was expecting the explosion and uh tom cruise to go oh. yeah I, I wanted the same you know the remember in mission possible one he does that one little flip oh and he's like yeah. hanging on to the the train i wanted him to do that again but i was like dang it, i guess we're not doing that yeah but there was a lot of callbacks to the first Mission mm-hmm. Impossible. I think those were just a few. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, last thing. Mm-hmm. Predictions for part two. One prediction, I should say. One each. Ethan's going to die. Interesting. I feel, like. I feel like, you know, when we watched... Okay, so spoilers for John Wick and uh, <laughs> No Time to Die... I feel like that's the popular decision nowadays. I don't want it to happen. I feel like Tom Cruise maybe is like, ah, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> but uh, I feel like he's going to decide to kill Ethan Hunt off. Like in John Wick and Bond. Just because yeah, you, know, you could always bring him back somehow in these types of movies. But I'm glad that they haven't overused that trope. In Mission Impossible, so but I feel like he's gonna get killed off. All right, here, here's Do you what's agree, gonna Jacob? This is what's gonna happen. Well, this is not. This is a spinoff of Jeremy's, not my, not my uh, prediction. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna get a Dark Knight Rises type ending where they <laughs> yes. kill off Ethan, and then, uh, and then who is it? Benji's gonna go to a little cafe somewhere in uh, in Venice. And then yeah. he's going to look up, and then he's going to see Ilsa and Ethan having a little <laughs> cappuccino together. <laughs> and then that's when they send it off. <laughs> and then he gets a phone oh. call, he get, or he gets a little, uh, a little package where it has his next mission, and he declines. Ooh. <laughs> Dang it. Send it to that's Grace. So good. 
<laughs> Get Jeremy Renner to do it. <laughs> um, oh, oh, let's see. But uh, I, have, my... I have two. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go All ahead. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say uh, for my prediction for part two, I'm going to say that. Oh, man, that's tough. What's going to happen? Hey, I Everyone mean, else the, en- the entity wins. <laughs> Dang, that would be insane. The entity wins? Like, li- yeah, that, that would be insane. That's oh, more like man. real life, but, you know. I think that, well, I'm, I was going to say that the world will be on the brink of war and Tom Cruise has to save them, but realistically, that's basically <laughs> the plot for every single Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> So, man, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go with what I just said. That's my hot take. <laughs> Your, the Dark Knight Rises ending? The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> <Love> ending. <laughs> yeah, I like it, though. <laughs> I, I, I have two alternate endings. One, we're going to get a uh, Born Ultimatum ending. Oh, <laughs> where yes. He, where he ends up in a water. And he's like, you think he's dead, but he actually swims away. Yeah. All right, here's the, uh, here's the second alternate ending. We actually get a... Uh, uh, we get Ethan just kind of like kind of at the end of part two and he spins a top and then it doesn't fall. <laughs> so this has been a whole dream the whole time because there's no one that can survive everything that Ethan Hunt has ever done. This is all a dream. It was a dream within a dream. Dang. Oh <laughs> then at the very end, it just cuts the black and directed yeah. by Christopher Nolan. No, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. So good. Anyway, <laughs> Woo. speaking of Christopher Nolan, um, we have a season six finale, uh, a little one. So you're going to basically get a, what, a Dead Reckoning part two, sort of, but more of like a weekly real podcast part two between the three of us, because we're bringing <laughs> back the whole gang between yes, Jeremy sir. and Jacob and I for next week, episode 110, which is our season six finale. So... um. Check out Oppenheimer in IMAX. And uh, just in case you haven't gotten enough Mission Impossible, check out last week's episode, episode 108. We finished our Mission Impossible rewatch with Rogue Nation and Fallout. So it's streaming now. Uh, Both movies are streaming on Paramount+. And the podcast uh, for that is streaming wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple or Spotify or wherever. So, um yeah, Jacob, thank you again for joining us. We'll see yeah, you of course. Um, next week, I think, right? Yeah, Jeremy? definitely. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, I can't we'll uh, stay away from Nolan movies because I am a Nolan boy. Yes. <laughs> In a Nolan world. <laughs> <laughs> that should be uh, Killian come, Murphy's line. Uh, come on, Nolan. Let's go party. <laughs> <laughs> The let's go party is the only thing I didn't change. <laughs> you should, you got to come up with something that rhymes with Nolan. Come on, Nolan, let's party. go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And on that note, um, we'll see you next week for season six finale on the reel.